0: Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Dimmel. James chapter 2, I told you that I'd be speaking to you on understanding your religion. Most of us feel religious. We don't use the word religious because, well, it's one of those bad words in society today you're religious the reason that we're religious is we have activities that fall in line with what religious people do for example if you're headed to church this morning you're probably being religious religious people pray I have seen many of you pray on Tuesday night I've seen many of you pray today Religious people are part of the message that the church has to offer. Religious people take part in the singing and the worship. Religious people recognize certain days to be important. They give thanks on Thanksgiving. Christmas, they come to see and hear talked about the baby in the manger. And even on Easter, the largest Christian holiday of the year, they come out. They pay the respects on holidays. And so, as the leadership recognizes these special days, as a matter of fact, your leadership, they do different things during these special holidays because they know people are going to be different and people are going to be here and people are going to do different things. So they structure the services in a different way. Because they're religious. People believe that they're religious because they belong to a form. They belong to or form the outer surface or structure of the church. Now we've been speaking about James, the true tip of the spear, in our sermon series this this month. And what James is getting ready to talk about is a contrast between... Worthless religion and pure religion. I think a lot of times, even myself, somewhere in between. We have to understand that religion has parallel expression. Well, pastor, what do you mean? Religious ritual is just that unless you have a result of right living. You hear what I'm saying? I said religious ritual is just that unless you have a result of just living well pastor do you mean that i just live no i mean that you live just before the lord vibrant faith must be played out with a righteous life that brings us to a point of contrast i'm going to paint you a backdrop this morning and James chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says this. What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and what of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them, not with those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Why would you be part of a religion that does not help a person in crisis? That's exactly what those three verses are saying. A lot of us have understanding, we have issues reading the Bible because we don't know what it means. So I want you to understand that James chapter 2, verse 14 through 16 is literally saying, why would you have a religion? Why would you sit on a church pew? Why would you do these specific things that you want to do if you will not help someone in crisis? If you send them away and say, hey, be warm, hey, be filled, hey, be blessed, and you got it in your refrigerator, you got it in your pocket to take care of them, come on with me today. And you just send them on their way without helping them. Listen, we at this church speak to the lost, the broken, the weak, the weary. We speak to the stray today because there are many people that have known the Lord. That have left the church because something has happened to them. And they have strayed away from the Lord. And I'm here to tell you today that God brought us to this place so that we could help people in crisis. As a matter of fact, our slogan is to help the lost, the broken, the weak, and the weary. That's what you're here for today. The Bible declares it. And so, when you have the ability to do it and you don't, your religion is just talk. Amen? Amen? And this is what people were talking about when they talk about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's why they were sad, you see. You'll get it later. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. God, I pray this morning, Father, that as you've been in this house, Lord, that you begin to get into the lives of people like I pray that you've already done. Father, I pray that you open them and expand them, God, and help them give their knowledge, understanding today, Father. Lord, I pray that if there's someone in the place that needs a healing, God, that you heal right now in the name of Jesus. The Bible says it's the name that's above every name. Lord, I pray, God, that as I give this message forth, God, It's a message of divine understanding, Lord, but a lot of people block you off if you say things they don't want to hear. So, Father, this is what I pray for them this morning, that they open their hearts. Lord, that they open their hearts that they might hear you, Father. They can hear with their ear, God, but if their hearts are not available to take in your word, God, they will never grasp it, Father, therefore they will never apply it to their life. And so, God, we ask, God, that you open the hearts of the men and women sitting under the sound of my voice, Father. We ask that you open the hearts of the men and women watching on on the Internet, Father, and listening to us on the radio, God. And we pray, Father, that change occurs, God, because they can listen all day long, but if they're not changed, we're wasting our time. Lord, we praise you, we thank you, God, and we lift you up. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. After service. Look at the scripture in John 1, 3.16. It says this: hereby perceive we love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for the brethren. But whosoever hath the words of God or the worldly good. And seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed, and in truth. I want to go back to James three seventeen. 17. Well, whosoever hath this world's goods, and seeth his brother having need, and shutteth off the bowels. Of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. What does deed mean? It means action, right? Love indeed is to take action. And then he says, not only to take action, but to do it with truth. Love includes two things here: truth is. Is you don't give a lazy man. Oh here we go. The blessing for being irresponsible. Instead you hold them accountable. To the truth. Well pastor I don't know what you mean. The Bible says if a man does not work he does not mean. Oh boy you're that guy. We're talking about truth here. If a man doesn't work, a man doesn't eat. But that should be mixed with deed. Meaning to come alongside people that cannot help themselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And help them. Now, here's the kicker. Are you ready for the kicker? If you... Find a man that is able to work and he does not work. The Bible says in truth you're supposed to explain to him that if a man does not work, a man does not eat. But if there's a man that cannot help himself, more importantly, cannot help you. You are to come alongside Him and take care of Him through the deed, through the action, through the recourse that God has given you because God wants to bless you, touch you, and move on you. And how does He do it? Through deed and truth. That's good stuff. You can sit there and look at me like I'm crazy all day long. It is the heart, the test, and the quality of the ministry at Renovate Life. It's not what we do for the people that can give us money or take care of us or bless us. The Bible says it is what you can do for someone that cannot repay you. That's the true service of the ministry. Amen? And so I want it to be a testament today. We want to touch and reach people that can't repay us. I want that to be the true testament of the the ministry of Renovate Life Church of God. If that is burning in your soul, then God sent you here. If it's not burning in your soul, if you don't have any passion for it, then there's a million crazy people out there that go to church in crazy churches every day. But what you're going to get when you come here is the Word of God. Well, you're not going to get my opinion, even though I might throw it in there, but I'll let you know it's my opinion. You know why? Because opinions are like big mouths. Everybody's got one. And here's the thing. A big mouth will always tell you what they think. But what if everything we did was examined by the Word of God? What if everything, that, that every action that we take, every decision that we make is because we have bathed it in prayer, spent time with God, listen, and let God use us so that we can say, you know, I'm not worried about anything else. What does the Bible say? The Bible tells us that we are supposed to help people that cannot return the help. Well, Pastor, I have no idea what you're saying. The Bible says but when you came to know Him that Jesus Christ died on a cross and listen, you came to know Him because He paid your debt. It was such a big debt that you could not return what He gave to you. However, because He is the great God who died on a tree and bled like no man bled for you to live he said you don't have to return it to me because I am your savior if you want to have a savior named Jesus Christ in your life then what I want you to understand is you have to do what he's asked you to do he is the shadow of the way we're supposed to be he is the template of who we are and if you don't want to fall in the template then you are not that person what are you saying, pastor? You better check on your salvation. Amen. Well, you're being mean, no I'm not. Because the template of your salvation is giving to people that cannot give you anything in return. Jesus Christ died on a cross and you for you and you could not give him anything in return. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now that everybody is either thinking or upset, let's move on. The Lord wants to bless you. The test of blessing is when you give someone that can't return anything to you favor. The Bible says in James 1.27, pure religion is undefiled before God and the Father. is this, to visit the fatherless, the widows in their affliction, to keep himself unspotted from the world. Everybody say unspotted. The Greek word visit, I threw you off there, didn't I? means to care after or supply the need of someone who is a skeptic. We're to visit the widow. We're to visit the orphan. We're supposed to take care of the skeptic. Oh, wow, well, pastor, you're putting me in a whole different realm. See, those people that don't really like what I I'm, what I'm have to say and don't really pick up what I'm laying down, I just push them off in the corner. Isn't that what we do? Oh, I know you all are holy and sanctified, but I, that's what I do. Someone, when I talk to someone about the Lord and they push me off to the side, I'm like, write him off. Right? If he don't want to hear, I don't even, that's not what the Bible tells us. It says go visit. It means go take care of the skeptic. Oh my goodness, that's a message in itself. The Bible talks about a great judgment in Matthew 25. The Bible says that the sheep are separated from the goats on that day. This is the end during this tribulation. But we get insight to a great principle in Matthew 25. The principle is simple. Jesus said, when I was hungry, you fed me. And I was naked. When I was naked, you clothed me. And when I was in prison, you came to visit me. And the Bible says that the sheep said, well, Father, when did we do this? They didn't know. So when did we do this? When when did we feed you when you were hungry? When, when, When did we clothe you when you had no clothing? When did we visit you at the jail? Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, stepped up and he said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Matthew 25, 40 is the verse that says, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, As much as we have done it unto one of the least of these, My brethren, you have done it unto me. Can I put it into simple terms? The Bible says that Jesus says, When you do something for someone That can't do something in return for you, it's marked in heaven for you.
1: See, we have a lot of
0: people in society today. You know, I, I know you guys like it when I stand behind a platform today. You don't like me to get too rowdy. Don't you know what God did for me? If God really did something for you, you'd be rowdy. Amen. Well, what, what, what you saying, pastor? When I was in the bar, I was rowdy. Yeah. Huh? When I was drinking all the time, I was rowdy. I wanted to fight, right? So why in the world would I not be rowdy for Christ? Why would I not be excited to serve him? And listen... Why would I not want to fight for him? Because when I was in the world, I fought for the world. When I was in the world, I got excited about the world. I, I say this all the time. When you go to the baseball game, you stand up and cheer for your favorite player. When that dude walks up making $4 million to the to the home plate with his bat, everybody stands up and cheers and gets excited. Well, I have to tell you today that the great baseball player, the big Bambino, is Jesus Christ. And when we get in the house of God, we're to lift our hands the bible says worship with everything that you have if you have an instrument you worship if you have a voice you worship if you can lift your hands in praise you lift your hands in praise but we live in a world that has forgotten to praise him because we don't pray we don't spend time with him and every time we help someone we got to get it back how's that how's that God logs it into your book of heaven. It's not religion that causes you to do for others. It's not religion that causes you to do for humanity. It's not my grandma and grandpa taught me and they were so great. It's because the love of Jesus Christ rests inside of you. Amen. So James 1.27 says, Pure religion, undefiled before God and the Father... Is this, pure religion, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keep himself unspotted from the world. Why does it say that in verse 27? So that you can get what verse 25 has to offer. Well, pastor, you didn't read that. Don't worry, I'm going to. James 1.25 says this, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and counteth therein, he being not forgetful, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed, in his action, in his motivation, in his movement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Only when the word of God is planted on the inside. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you have a sensitivity to the power of God and Him resting in your life. Will you be a doer of the Word? It's all about the sensitivity. One of the great tragedies in the church today is Christians is given over every. Thing that God told us to be to government entities. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? We have government programs to help the sick. We have government programs to feed the hungry. We have social economic plans all around us in MacArthur because everybody's poor. And, that, and we've, we, the church, there's a church on every street corner in this little village of MacArthur and instead of the church helping the sick and helping the, the, the poor and, and taking care of the hungry, we have sloshed it off on the social programs with people that have taken God out of it. And we wonder why they're in the condition that they're in because God tells us that we are a lively bunch of people that are blessed and highly favored, a people that prosper, a people that the Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. But we are not winning souls to Jesus Christ today because we have pushed all that stuff on those programs. We want to look good. We want to put ourselves on the Facebook live and we want people to see who we are. We want to dress up in three piece suits and we want our churches to be packed. How are you packing the church when you're not witnessing to people? Well, everybody's mad. But if the Christian would simply just be the Christian. Right? Right? If the Christian would just do what the Bible has outlined for their life, their families would be changed. Their families would be transformed. Their families would have the blessing of God all over them. Amen? Amen. (coughs) Lord, help me this morning. We'd have the blessing of God in our lives and all over our families. There's a great story in the Bible that brings this to light nicely. It's an amazing story. It's a story that we've heard many times. Some people think it's a comic book volume. Some people feel like it's a metaphor. Some people really can't get a grip on what it's saying, so I'm going to read it to you, and I hope today that it gets a hold of your heart. The Bible says that a lawyer... Ask Jesus a question. Now, the reason I told you that is because when I begin to read, everybody zones out. They're thinking of what they need on their grocery list. The men are thinking, did I pay the cell phone bill? So before I begin to read this, I want you to understand that the Bible says a lawyer. It's important. Ask Jesus a question. In Luke 10, 25, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him. Boy, that's good. Saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, isn't it funny that the word Lord means master controller? This lawyer steps up and says, Master, Rabbi, master controller. He's baiting him. He's sending to him what is written in the law. How readest thou? Or what did you read? And he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy strength, with all of thy mind. You ready? And thy neighbor as thyself. Luke 10 28. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. You have answered right. That's Jesus talking. You do that, and you're going to live. Now, we know the lawyer was trying to grandstand Jesus. We know the lawyer was trying to pull out the fine print. You know the fine print when you buy something that says it has this amazing, wonderful warranty. And you get it home and out of the box, and it's broken. And you take it back, and they say there's nothing they can do for you. And you say, well, I spent $29.95 extra on the warranty. And this is what they say. Oh, that's not covered under warranty. Didn't you read the fine print? Right? You're speechless. You're furious. You want to throw it. You don't care if you paid $1,000 for it. You want to crack somebody in the head. Don't any of you lie, because I know it's the truth. The Bible tells us that this lawyer was trying to put some fine print, was trying to be technical with Jesus Christ. And so the Bible says that in verse 29, he says this. But he, willing to justify himself, (laughs) said unto Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Right? That's what we do. That's what the Christian does. Jesus says, go forth into all the land, winning souls. Because winning souls is wise, the Bible says in Proverbs. He gives us the great commission and says, go into your highways and your hedges and into your communities and win people for the Lord. And we whip out the small print the only time in your life that you ever do it. Well, Father Jesus Lord, it says right here. We want to get technical. We want to pull out the small, the fine print. This is what the lawyer does. He says, Rabbi, Master, who is my neighbor? Is it the guy that lives to my right and to my left? Is it the guy, can I go three doors down? Is it the guy across town? Maybe it's someone in the other state. I need you to clarify the small print. Who is it, Lord? Boy, this is good. The Bible tells us in Luke 30 that Jesus answered him. Because see, in the church world today, we get nothing done because we have a technical mindset. Well, if it's not just perfect, if it's, if it's not the, the pastor doing it, if, it if, if someone else, if leadership gets involved in the church, well, that, that, that's not going to work because God called the pastor. If this church is going to grow and expand and flip this community upside down, it can't be the pastor. Right? Acts chapter 2, the men of the Bible flipped their community upside down. It wasn't. They didn't say it was Peter. They didn't say that, that, that it was James. They, they didn't say that it was John. They didn't say it was any of the disciples. They said the men. These men flip their community upside down. It takes a whole church. It takes a whole community to win a community. Amen? So Jesus, understanding that the lawyer, number one, is a great speaker. And he's trying to catch him up. Being a man of wisdom, understands that he's having a technical mindset. Like a lot of believers today. In Luke 10.30, he answers him. And Jesus answered, saying, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. That's a very bad day. Verse 31 says, A preacher. It actually says a priest. but It says a preacher was on the road and he went to the other side. Got me to thinking. So what you're saying is the guy wearing the blue and red and white tie with the big red thing. Somebody called these mountains this morning. Got to walking down the road and saw a guy in the ditch and said, "Hope oh, ain't got time for that. Ran to the other side. That brings me to a question. How do you get a preacher to the other side of the road? You put a dead man in a ditch. Right? He says, I'm just going to run on up the street here a little. I don't have time for that. But this is the kicker. You ready? Because we all believe that the preacher should have took care of him. Anybody in here not agree? We all believe that the preacher, the priest, should have took care of him. But the Bible says in, in, in verse 32 that the Levite came walking down the road. Why do you think the Lord put this in the story? Because the Levite is leadership. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.